tonight, and we'll get right to it because I got a lot to say in a little bit of time. So, um, uh, I have uh, I spent all day today looking at all this right here, all day today. Uh, we had a, you know, of course Sunday. Let me just tell you why I'm doing this. Uh, Sunday, of course, you know, I was ministering, and I mentioned the Black Lives Matter organization, and uh, then w- Tuesday morning. We have a men's meeting for all the men who are watching or you're here every Tuesday. And we've been doing this for, man, I think over 10 years now, right? Uh, it was been various days, been Tuesdays for years now. 6.30 in the morning, got a stiff cup of coffee and a hearty conversation. Honestly, some of us were here three and a half hours Tuesday morning talking, weren't we? It was amazing. So out of that, uh, I saw a need to address some things that I mentioned Sunday morning about the Black Lives Matter organization, and to go a step further and talk about what's happening in our culture because we leave the walls of the protection, safety, peace, and solace of this building. I mean, there's hell going on outside. And I, I want you as a pastor, a pastor's heart just wants to inform and encourage. So that's the background for what I'm about to talk about tonight. The title of this is Wisdom for Dealing with Current Issues. I do encourage you to follow me online. And uh, you can go to our website. If you're in the room, you can go to our website, uh, victorychurchraleigh.com, and click right there where it says current uh, service notes. Click there, and my notes are right there. And uh, we'll be talking about why I want you to do it. Everything that you see here is available to you in my notes. The URLs where this came from uh, are in the notes, so that's the reason I... Really like for you to do that, and I'm not going to read all that tonight. I'll, I'll mention some things, but I just want to bring some perspective to what's going on, and I'm just going to get right into it. Is that okay? So, Father, take us where we need to go and minister life in Jesus' name. When the coronavirus um, situation broke out, I mentioned this Sunday, uh, <clears throat> and I've kept this in my notes. I, I did not have my definitions with me Sunday morning, so I didn't mention it. I did mention uh, the second week in March, I think it was like March, I want to say it was March 10th or March 11th, maybe 11, 12, maybe March 12th or 13th. I was praying, and I finished praying and just got quiet. And you know, you, you'll do a lot if you just get quiet with the Lord. The Lord doesn't speak every time after you pray. Sometimes He'll wait. Sometimes you're cutting the grass. You know, sometimes you're exercising. Sometimes, ladies, you're doing the dishes or you know, mopping the floor or whatever you might be doing. or You might be changing the baby's diaper. God speak to you. And, and the Lord gives me words. And, and I've told you, he just gives me words. I, it's, uh, um, I'm saying, wow, God, you've just not done it like this before. But he knows I like words. So he'll just give me a word. And he gave me a word tonight. I'll get down into it later um, about what's happening now. Um, uh, but anyway, second week in March, the word nefarious came up to me. And here's the, I've got in the notes tonight. Or the defin- is the definition for nefarious. When you're defining words, it's, it's sometimes good to go look at the origin of a word. It's also really, really interesting to look at synonyms. Words that generally mean the same thing because they really give you some nuances of, of, of what a word may mean in, a, in the context of a situation you're dealing with. So the word nefarious, I, I don't use that word in my normal vernacular. And when God gave me that word, I said, what? And it just never left me alone for, I don't know, two or three days till I looked it up. And then it really shocked me, and the definition was extremely wicked or villainous. Uh, iniquitous, a nefarious plot. And the context of that was I was praying about this COVID-19 virus. And I couldn't understand why God would say to me, nefarious, 
when he said COVID-19. And now here we are, literally almost, well, it is, yeah, four months later. Four months. Did you ever think we'd be locked down for four months? In your wildest imagination. So, you know, uh, and I, uh, you know, I'm like you. I listen to everything. But the thing that grabs me is what God said to me. There's something going on behind the scenes with this. In my gut, I know it. Now, my head doesn't know everything. But in my gut, there is more here than meets the eye. And this is you being used as a tool for something. How many hear what I just said? So, um, don't leave that. Just leave that bare. Let it lie there and let you see lie. Pause and calmly think of that like the psalmist said. Uh, we are in a time of, um, that, that is parallel to the time just before Noah's flood. And if you don't know anything about Noah, did I mention Noah Sunday more? I talk so much, I don't know where I say what. Did I mention Noah's flood Sunday? Uh, did I mention Methuselah? Uh, uh, Noah's grandfather was Methuselah. And Methuselah was the oldest man to ever live, 969 years. And those were, were years like we have. Actually, Old Testament years were 360. We have 365 with uh, the calendar we use. But nonetheless, basically the same. Uh, those, those were real years. Somebody say, well, those were real short years. No, no, no. Years like you. Like you live. Uh, 969. And Methuselah's name, his mother had a prophecy when he was born. And she named him after what God showed her. You can look this up in the Hebrew. Uh, Methuselah means when he shall die, it shall come. That's interesting, isn't it? Methuselah. And, and the year that Methuselah died is the year the flood began. The time of his death was the time of the flood. Isn't that interesting? So, so see, God gives signs to what's happening in the earth. So, so that we're not left bereft and, and feel like we don't know what's happening. We can know what's happening. Jesus said we won't know the exact moment of his appearing. But we can discern the signs of the times. Just like we can understand. I can always tell when it's about to rain. Because I've been outside so much in my life. And you know you can tell the weather by looking at the sky. You can tell what's going on by some signs that God's given us. So nonetheless, we are in the time just before Noah's flood. Noah, of course, think about Noah. People don't realize if you study it, perhaps you have. It took Noah 120 years to build the ark. Uh, prior to Noah's flood, it had not rained. On, did I say this Sunday? I, I said this somewhere. Prior to Noah's flood, it did not rain. Did I say it Tuesday? There you go. I knew I said it somewhere. Prior to Noah's flood, it did not rain on the earth. And, and a mist came up from the ground and watered. And uh, scientists believe that her earth was like a hyperbaric chamber. And the oxygen saturation of the air was such that, that it gave longevity to life. And also the cloud canopy, a cloud canopy surrounded the earth, keeping the ultraviolet rays of the sun away from, from, uh, from life forms. And that caused longevity for human life. God literally created us to live in human bodies. Think of this for eternity. That's the reason for the rapture of the church. That's the reason we don't want to die. And I've, you know, sadly been with many people when they died and watched them draw their last breath. And, you know, you fight that. Why? Because God created us to live. He created us for life. And, you know, we love our bodies. And he knows that. And he created us that way. And the cool thing I think about God is, even because sin made us mortal, death-doomed, even because of that, in Jesus' redemption, <laughs> one day I get my body back. 
in the rapture of the church. Isn't that awesome? And God's going to let me live in my body for eternity. But it won't be flesh and blood. It'll be flesh and bone like Jesus had when he was raised from the dead. And it'll be able to bear the presence of God. It'll have new laws of locomotion where you can instantly appear and disappear. You can go through walls and doors without opening them. And uh, you can and you can you can have uh, new forms of travel where in an instant you can be at one place and like uh, like Philip in Acts chapter eight, uh, he was twenty miles from his from his place in that chariot where that Ethiopian eunuch received Jesus and was baptized and suddenly with a, just a batting of an eye he was twenty miles somewhere else in Azotus. That's amazing, y'all. So the things that we don't know about, I'm totally excited about it. So anyway, uh, Noah had to prepare for the flood. And so for 120 years, what you doing? Well, I'm building a, I'm building a boat. What's a boat? Well, the boat floats in water. Well, what you going to do with the boat? Well, I'm going to put it in water. Where's the water? Well, it's going to rain. What is rain? Well, it's stuff that's going to fall from the sky in liquid form. And uh, it's not going to be a mist from the ground. And they said, you're a fool. You're crazy. You're stupid. Ha, ha, ha. And so the kids made jokes about Noah, threw rocks at Noah. You know, played games about Noah. And the people constantly, you know, aggravated Noah for 120 years. I'm sure his kids got picked on. I'm sure his wife got picked on. I'm sure he was a, he had a surrealist name. That's old Noah. Look at old Noah. Old Noah and his family. Oh, nutty Noah. They might have called him nutty Noah. Noah's a fool. Noah's built. Look at that big old boat he's been wasting all his time. How long has he been building that boat? 50 years. How long has he been building that boat? 100 years. How long has he been building that boat? Well, it's been 119 years. 119 years, nothing happened. That man's a fool. That man's wasted all his time. He's worn himself out. Got rid of a lot of trees. We need those trees, you know? And, uh, and then suddenly one day, animals started going in the ark. Yeah, what are you doing? Well, two of that. God told me to take two of every kind of animal into the into the ark because uh, it's going to rain. It's going to be a flood and everything's going to die. <laughs> Everybody's laughing, drinking, partying, you know, playing until the day the last animal went in and he gathered his family and then, uh, and then he walked into the ark and by itself the door shut. The Bible says God shut the door. And then it began to rain and all you could hear among the pitter-patter of the rain and perhaps the thunder and lightning was the beating of people's hands and fists on the outside of the ark. Because for 120 years they were warned. And Methuselah's name, every time it was spoken, they were warned. When he shall die, it shall come. But they didn't heed the voices that God had given them. And the, most, the majority of people were not ready when the flood came. And most of the people perished. Yes or no? Only, only Noah and his family survived. Eight people. That's it. No more. So Matthew 24, when a son of man, the son of man returns, it will be like it was in Noah's day. Those days before the flood, the people were enjoying banquets and parties and weddings. Right up to the time Noah entered his boat, people didn't realize what was going to happen until the flood came and swept them all away. And that is what it will be like when the son of man comes. So stop right there. Wow, that makes you think, right? So, you know, God's given us some warning signs. And y'all, they're flashing and blaring at us now. They're like sirens at this point. Things are changing. And all of us all around the world know that something's different. Something's happened this year. Things are, are out of kilter. And 
And we don't know what to do. Nobody has the answers. Well, Jesus is going to return. And Jesus, uh, and I've talked about that. I had planned. I've already got the lesson written for Revelation chapter 8 where it talks about the day of the Lord. And we'll get that next time perhaps. Unless the Lord tags me the way he did tonight. Nonetheless, um, disciples asked Jesus what it would be like. And the number one thing Jesus said that it would be like before he came back was it would be a time of deception. So I want to talk to you about how to prepare and just some practical things that honestly you should know about and you should be doing. So often when preachers preach or teach in church, people just sit there and listen and yawn, you know, and, uh, but they don't take heed and make it practical. So tonight I want to make it as practical as I possibly can. And uh, I mentioned to the men Tuesday morning, you know, the sad thing about what I do is this. And I'm going to work to change this and rectify this. But uh, you got 168 hours in a week. And you got about 40 minutes of me on Sunday morning. You know, in my mind, it's like taking a squirt bottle to a forest fire going squirt, 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 squirt. There's so much going on out there and people aren't listening to what God's saying. So all, I'm a catalyst. You know, my, my, my job as a pastor is to be a leader, a shepherd, a guide. And, and really, I'm also a teacher and a protector, teacher. Uh, so that is, my, that is my job. But y'all, uh, wow, it's a bit overwhelming when you see so much happening and people aren't listening. And uh, so I've been praying a lot for the church. I've been praying for uh, the world. I've been praying for the king. I pray every day. The thing, same thing Jesus prayed, Lord, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And because that's what God, that's the perfect will of God, is it not? I pray it every single day in my prayer life. And I'm expecting God to answer that prayer. And then I'm making preparations for Jesus' return. Uh, Jesus told us to be wise as serpents, as harmless as doves. And, 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 you know, a wise person makes preparations for things that are to come. So here are six veins of preparation that I want to talk to you about. If you have a phone or an iPad, you can follow along. Uh, number one, here are the, here's the first area of preparation. Prepare spiritually by learning to remain calm when sudden upsetting things occur. So how do you do that? Well, uh, nobody taught me to do this, and I've mentioned this so many times, but spiritual meditation and I have to preface it with the word spiritual because I'm not talking about the Middle Eastern or metaphysical meditations that are available in the world today. I'm talking about taking the word of God and letting it revolve over and over and over in your mind. And that, that is a key to repetition is the key to learning. Any teacher knows that. If you want uh, someone in a, in a class setting to learn something, have them repeat it over and over and over and over. And we say certain things, and, and as teachers, you have children. And I had my children say certain things in rote over and over and over. We even put things to music, things to song that we want to remember because you can remember a song, a melody, right? And so that, that's, those are all forms of meditation. Take the Word. Take Scripture and meditate them. And if you do, what happens? It calms your mind. Get your mind quiet. Get your emotions quiet. Get, you, get your body quiet. Meditate. And as you meditate, you get quiet. And y'all, you can learn to discern and sense the voice of God through the Holy Ghost. How many hear me? 
And he'll speak to you. So Philippians chapter 4, verse 11. Arthur S. Way has a phenomenal translation of some of the, um, well, all of the uh, um, letters of the Apostle Paul in the New Testament. He said, I've learned in whatever condition I am to be independent of circumstances. I'm schooled to bear the depths of poverty. What's that? I'm schooled to bear abundance. There's both extremes. In life as a whole and all its circumstances, Negative to positive. I've mastered the secret of living. How to be the same amidst repletion and starvation. You're hungry. You're thirsty. You don't have enough clothes. You're cold at night. You don't have shelter from the sun. Whatever. Amidst abundance and then privation. And then he ends it, I'm equal to every lot. Everything that happens in life through the help of him who gives me inward strength. Isn't that a good word? So if you, a strong person is, is not a person who's got all the muscles. You know, I, I used to want to be a muscle man when I was, I, you know, I picked up uh, some of these books and saw, you know, some of those muscle guys. I said, I want to be one of those guys, you know. But the only thing I noticed is that if you ever quit working out, they'd lose, they'd turn to flab. And I didn't want to do the fact. Truth is, in the 80s, I hired a guy when I lived in Tulsa, and he went to the gym with me and started working out, you know. First thing that happened is I fainted. <laughs> First time. I did. And he said, son, you got, to, you got to get some carbohydrates going before you come see me. And then he said, I said, well, now what am I going to have to do to bulk up? He says, you're going to have to do what I do and eat six times a day. I said, what? Say that again. Six times a day. And here's what I found out about muscle men. You can be strong, but you ain't strong. You're a weenie. You're nothing. When circumstances come, you'll bow. You can have a little guy that, that's a little, you know, he looks like a pine tree with no limbs. And, you know, he can outdo, outsmart, outlast that strong man. Why? He's tempered. Is that true? So you can't go by what you look like on the outside. What you look like on the inside is all that counts. And if you're not big on the inside, you don't have it. And the only way you get big on the inside is to meditate the word and pray. There's no other, and there's no fast track to it. You can't microwave it. You can't instant it. You have got to go through it and it is not easy. How many hear what I just said? So there you go. That was free. So prepare yourself spiritually. I'm not kidding. If you're not ready spiritually now, boy, you are on be at a huge deficit one day. Because ready or not, life comes. Ready or not, trouble comes. So number two, prepare physically. Now I want to get into this. Um, I did not bring that sheet. Can somebody bring me that sheet? You got that sheet, Ann? I don't know why. That's the only one I did. I went to my office, got all these sheets, and I didn't bring that one. Uh, I got a sheet in the bag. Thank you. Um, prepare physically with food supply. Ann just told me potable. I've never heard that in my life. Ann. Potable water. See, everybody agrees with me. You're going to have to talk to me later. <laughs> I'm joking. Potable water, solar panels, power supply. So uh, I've been doing this for some time now. You say, are you a prepper? You can call me what you want. I'm not going to go live in a cave. I'm going to live in my house, but I'm not stupid. 
Um, the wake-up call for everybody should have been, you're going down the aisle in your favorite grocery store, and you can't find a toilet paper. And you can't find a, a paper towels. And you can't find Kleenexes to blow your nose. So what you going to do without, unless you had a supply, right? Well, extrapolate that into uh, foodstuffs. And then, you know, of course, we had a period of time we didn't have meat. Uh, low supplies of chicken and beef and such. And, uh, and then the canned goods on the shelves got really sparse. Remember that? Well, you just figure that's going to happen again. Now, I don't know how or what's going to bring that up. It will again. So here's my encouragement. Now, I've been doing this. In 2008, I heard, um, I heard a wonderful man of God who is, uh, who is now in heaven from New York City who said, um, who said you need a supply of food. And I took him to task. I went to the grocery store, and I bought canned goods. Asked Susan and put them in a closet and just stacked them way up. And man, I had them there for years. I had all kinds of food, dried foods, you know, solid food. Just had all kinds of stuff there ready, you know. And, uh, and then it stayed there so long it went out of date, so it gave it away. So uh, anyway, so then I figured out, well, I need something that's going to last a little longer. So I have found some places I have, that I go to get food and I have some food in my home. Here's my encouragement. You need three to six months. Well, I'm going to say at least a month's worth of food. For me, you know, I'm banking on three to six months. But, you know, start with a month's supply. Three, just start with three weeks' supply. Here's the problem. Something could happen. And I don't, it could be, could be a storm, some event that keeps commerce from happening, the trucks from coming to your local grocery store. Grocery stores only have food supply for about two days. At top, three days, and it's done. And, and I don't have to tell you that. You already see it. Be smart. Be smart as an ant and prepare and get a supply. If you haven't done it yet, go ahead and do it. So I've got on the sheet here, uh, two on the sheet here. Uh, I actually have some food from this first one, for pa- the letter for patriots.com. This is in the back. It's also in your notes. I've got some of this food. And then I found another one because I like variety, mypatriotsupply.com. And there's another one. And what that is, is dehydrated food. Now, I've got experience with dehydrated food. And if you've traveled, you have experience with dehydrated food. I had somebody that promised they were going to poison us when we went to Ethiopia. That started in 2007. And so they told us, don't eat anything you didn't bring with you because you might die. And I said, well, I want to live, so I'll bring my food. So I went to the local store and found some dehydrated food. And all you do is add boiling water to it, let it sit 10 minutes or whatever. Then you got, you know, you got your meal. I mean, it tasted really good. I had eggs for breakfast. And I even had a dehydrated ice cream sandwich. It had, it tasted just like an ice cream sandwich, except for the wet and except for the cold. Other than that, it tasted exactly like an ice cream sandwich. No kidding. I'm not making that up. In fact, we had somebody traveling from Europe. We're staying at a hotel. And I bought a bunch of them because I thought it was a real novelty. And it was blazing hot 100 degrees that day. I said, let's have an ice cream sandwich. They said, let's have one. So I went and got my ice cream sandwiches dehydrated. Here you go. Here you go. Huh? And man, they're brittle as they can be. And, we start, and they said, man, it tastes good. But where's the wet and where's the cold? I said, it ain't here. And then I gave it to some of these people that were traveling. They were amazed. So anyway, you can find this doesn't really good stuff. That's all I'm trying to say. So uh, I just bought some more. And, um, and I got this other one. And Susan and I broke open a package on Friday night. Wasn't it good, Susan? Rice and beans. The beans didn't give you gas. Yeehaw. They were pinto beans. Yeah. 
And uh, then it was Southwest, right? But it tasted really good, no kidding. So uh, we got a bunch of that. And my goal is, you know, I got three people at my house, so I want to have enough food for a good while. So get you some. And, uh, you know, here's the problem. You can go on Amazon and you can go to these websites. And what you're going to find right now is uh, the supplies are all gone. And, and all the big ones that, you know, you got three months supply, they're all sold out, I promise. But what you can do is get the smaller things. Then the second company I found, you can also find companies that you buy what you want. And it's 20 to 25 to 30 year shelf life. It's dehydrated. It's good stuff. It's in, in packages. So uh, anyway, I did that and I went on this second one and I bought, I got fruits, vegetables, I got meats, I got entrees for dinner, I've got uh, scrambled eggs, I've got other breakfast foods, I've got soups and such. I even got uh, a bunch of coffee, a big old thing of coffee and uh, creamer and sugar. So I mean, you know, I bought what I wanted. That's what I'm saying. So, you know, there's ways that you can buy, even though they say they don't have a supply. And if you go on there and they say, well, it may be two months before you get it. And that's probably a ploy because every time I've done this, they say that. But I, then I'll have the food within two weeks, sometimes three. So just be aware. So if you haven't done that yet, you would be a very wise person to do that. Or at least go to the grocery store and buy 15 extra cans of food every time you go or 20. And, and then get you several extra bags of rice. You know what I'm saying? It's not going to have a long shelf life, but you need something. How many hear me? If you don't do that, you're going to regret it one day. That's all I can say. And so because of the time we're living in, because of the volatility of the weather, and then other factors that are coming in. How many understand me? Now, you might think I'm an extreme freak. Well, think that way, and I just love you to pieces. I also found a way to have potable for Ann, potable for us, water. I'm sorry, Ann. I'm picking on you. I'm joking. <laughs> I know. I'll, I'll look it up. Anyway, you need, uh, that's, that's water that you can drink. And so if something happens, electricity goes out and they can't purify your water, what you going to do? Or if something happens and the pumps don't pump, what you going to do? Now, if you got your private well, that's wonderful until the power goes out, unless you got a hand pump, a hand crank. Uh, so anyway, and you just want to make sure you got some clean water. So you can go on Amazon. I found one for $85. Listen, it's had a little hopper on the top. Got a little pipe and it's got a, you know, a filter and such. And it filtered out most everything in the bacteria and all that. And it made, you could get river water, stick it in there. And they said it'd be clean. So, uh, and, it, and it produces 5,000 gallons of drinkable water. Isn't that great? Right, I can't find any right now less than about $140 on Amazon. Nonetheless, you need something like that. Water's an issue. You can't live past three days or so without water. You'll just die. You'll just die. So you need water. Um, I have a solar power supply. It's about, uh, it's about, what's that, seven inches, seven by three and a half. And it's got a solar panel on one side. And you stick it outside and it charges itself up. And you can charge your, your mobile phone several times with that. So what you're going to do if you don't have any electricity because there was a hurricane or a tornado, something happened, or some other event and there's not electricity, what you want? your phone goes out, what you going to do? How are you going to call somebody? So have some way to do that. The solar thing works great. I've taken them on missions, trips. They work. I also have a little solar thing if I wanted to... Uh, you know, wanted to boil water. You can pour water in it, and it's got solar. It looks like one of those devices up in the up in that NASA made. You know, space station things. You just pull the wings out, and then it heats the water up. It takes about an hour and boils the water. So I've got some of that kind of stuff. I know it sounds strange, but I do. 
The other thing I have, if there's no electricity and if there's no internet, uh, Friday night for 12 hours, we had no internet, nothing at my house. We did have the cell phone, the cell towers work, but it made me think, and Susan, I said, okay, this is what it's going to be like if everything just cuts off. Okay, so, so thankfully we did have phone service, so we had connection with the outside world. In fact, I watched a movie from, <laughs> from my computer because I could connect to the internet. But nonetheless, uh, what, what you going to do? So I have a, a shortwave radio I bought some time ago, and, uh, and it's battery-powered. And I can charge it up with solar power. I even make them that have cranks on them. Just so you can connect with the outside world if something happens. Us Americans, we're not very smart. We don't plan well. We live from day to day because everything's so easy. Well, just got to start thinking differently. How many hear me? So I know uh, some of you watching, you crazy. I'm fine. Wonderful. Come and see me when we need something to eat. How about that? Anyway, I'm sorry. Uh, Proverbs 6, when you're feeling lazy, come and learn a lesson from the, this tale of the tiny ant. Yes, all you lazy bones, come and learn from the example of the ant, enter into wisdom. The ants have no chief, no boss, no manager. No one has to tell them what to do. You'll see them working and toiling all summer long, stockpiling their food in preparation for winter. So wake up, sleepyhead. How long will you lie there? When will you wake up? Get out of bed. Uh, if you'll keep nodding off and thinking I'll do it later or say to yourself, I'll just sit back in a while and take it easy. Just watch how the future unfolds, he says. By making excuses, you'll learn what it means to go without. Poverty will pounce on you like a bandit and move in as your roommate for life. Woohoo! So anyway, a wise person prepared. And I, y'all, I'm saying this as a pastor, and I don't know that I've ever had a, a, a meeting where I talked about these kinds of things in detail. You need to do this now. How many hear what I just said? So if you need more information, come and see me, talk to me. We got the information, the URLs that are there, and you can find a lot. There's a lot of companies that sell the dehydrated food and such. Uh, number three, prepare your family for adversity. And what I mean by that is communicating. In the event of a communication blackout, where are you going to meet your family? I've got four children. All of them are married. We have five grandchildren, soon to be six. And, uh, but I want to know how to get a hold of them. And, and, you know, I wasn't ready for this. I didn't know what to do. I had a friend. I had a, a lunch with a friend a few months ago. And this friend told me, he said, I have a plan. If something happened and the cell phones didn't work and there's no communication available, my family knows exactly where to meet me. When my friend told me that, I thought, I don't have that kind of plan. And I thought about it until I got a plan. <laughs> no kidding. So what are you going to do? So if you're, if you're like me, up, up in age a little bit, your kids are grown, out of college, they're on their own, they got their careers, how are you going to make contact with your family if something happens? Do you have a plan for your family to meet somewhere if you don't have one? Because if you, if you don't, when that time ever comes, maybe it never will. But if it comes, you'll, you'll be so disappointed in yourself because you won't have any way to communicate. We are dependent on internet and cell towers. Is that true? So what if it's gone? What if it's gone? What you going to do? So um, anyway, I've made preparations. Have a rendezvous point is what I'm saying. If something happens and I can't contact you, meet here. Now, we've got two children that live out of state. One eight hours away, one, what, four and a half hours away. And so, you know, we made plans. Well, if something happens, we want you to find somewhere. And I've, I've got to make contact, make sure they have somebody they can, you know, lean on, depend on, because they won't be able to get to me. I'm too far away, maybe. 
Um, nonetheless, uh, or you may have kids that are in college and kids come, come home, need to have a plan. Kids that live in, as I mentioned, in other states, et cetera. Number four, prepare your finances. Yeah. Number one, have some cash. Don't expect you got an ATM everywhere and, uh, and the power's going, electricity's going to be on. Because that might not always be true. Have some cash. Cash is king. So if you don't have some cash, get, well, I can't. I spend all the cash I got. Well, you know, you can save $1, $5, $10, $20, $50, save, and put it away and have it where nobody but you and your spouse knows, if you marry, your spouse knows where it is. But have you some cash. You're a smart person because the day may come, everybody's wanting to buy some bread, but nobody can get to their money. You get it? Anyway, enough. And, and then as far as that goes, you know, have a conversation with whoever is your advisor. Now, this is for the people perhaps, well, I don't care what age you are, particularly if you're older and, you know, you got retirement and stuff and you got some things in the bank and all. You, you want to have some conversations about things. I've been reading books since, I think, 2001. And here's what they always say. Any books from any financial guru says this. Uh, it, it's, it's wise to diversify. Have some stuff in different, different kinds of things. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. You drop the basket, they all perish. Put your eggs in different baskets. So if you know you lose one, you got them over here. So same way with your finances. Precious metals are always good. They retain value when challenging times come. Our, our United States dollar is no longer connected to uh, gold as, uh, as the background for our currency and for the promise of the, of the finances you have. And that's a sad thing. And it's created inflation and, and uh, lots of things. And, uh, and nonetheless, but precious metals, generally speaking, retain value. I have a lot more to say about that. Property is always valuable in times of inflation. Property values go up. So property is a smart thing to have if you... You know, if you can talk to somebody about that, that's a wise thing. Uh, and then your investments, whatever they look like, find somebody to talk to about that uh, that doesn't uh, think in dollar signs and have dollar signs in his or her eyes trying to get money out of you, but has your best interest at heart because you need to have some uh, investments that can weather the storms that may come with the stock market. And there's a lot to say about that. So anyway, prepare your finances. Number one there, I just really seriously, make sure you got some cash. How many hear what I just said? No kidding. Number five, I've got more to say, but if you want more, come to me in private. Number five, media censorship. That's a big deal today. Censorship is happening big time, real time, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, worldwide right now how many heard that a lot of people just be up along like well let me see what's happening in the world today click turn on the tv turn on the radio turn on the internet well look at there well that's happening that that's not real no that's filtered through somebody's belief system yes or no so you got to find a way to get through censorship and so let me start with this. I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, uh, 
Six translations of Matthew 24, 4 here in the notes. New Living Translation because the disciples asked Jesus, uh, what's going to happen just before you come back? And the first thing he said, and I want to give you the various translations of this. Don't let anyone mislead you, Jesus said. Or take care that you're not tricked. Now that's a good way to put it. You know you could be tricked by what you hear today? Yes or no? How about you watching all that? Do you know you could be tricked? Huh? See that no one leads you astray. English Standard Version. New Century Version. Be care that, careful that no one fools you. Uh, New Living Translation. Don't let anyone mislead you. Jesus said Passion Translation. I love it. At that time, deception will run rampant. Be aware that you're not fooled. Now, there's a lot of foolery going on today. And you better know it. And uh, so let me give you some... Uh, Just some ideas about this. Uh, Private companies own the tools that you peruse the internet with. Is that true or false? Private companies have a bias or an agenda. Everybody has a bias. You have a bias. I have a bias. We, We as believers have a bias. That's our bias, yes or no? So everything you hear has a bias. You just want to make sure that what you're hearing is accurate. You got to always think today, what I'm hearing is filtered through someone's mind and someone's belief system. Yes or no? So do you want to completely believe what you hear from somebody that you don't know? We, uh, we humans have an uncanny way of processing things, quantifying them, and putting them in a perspective. So when we have personal relationships with people, if somebody shakes your hand and say, I do it. Well, if you've been knowing them for 30 years and you know their background or you know their family, that person's good for his word. Now, you can't say that most of the time today with what you hear. Is that true? Yeah. I'm just trying to make this where you get it. So, every, think of this. Here, here's the bottom line. Most everything you hear, I can take the most out. Everything you hear is heavily biased or censored. Censored is kind of a hard word, isn't it? Kind of a hard word. But it, it's a wake-up word. Some people don't want to believe things are censored. They are. So, let me, let me name some names. Google is extremely censored now. Have you noticed that? I just listened to somebody two nights ago, and here's what he said. They found out the people that write the algorithms. Algorithms are mathematical uh, equations that are written so that uh, words can go into a machine that can hear, hear the language. And then, and, then, but, and then certain words are tagged if they're used a number of times. Or the synonyms that go along with those words are used. Uh, the, it's a, uh, the, um, the, the censoring mechanism, the AI, artificial intelligence, can hear certain ideologies. And, and, and if they don't want you to go there, they just make sure that anything that comes up on your Google feed, for instance, it doesn't contain certain kinds of biases that you want to read. It's only what they want you to read. Yet, did you understand that? M- most, listen, you know, to me, this is as common as my hand. 
But what I know is for most people, they don't even think about doing a Google search. You need to think about it. Because everything you're doing is being watched. And artificial intelligence is figuring out what they want you to read. Yes or no? So Google, Facebook, oh my Lord. Facebook has censored good grief now. Have you noticed? Uh, a guy, I mentioned this, I didn't finish. Google, I found out a few nights ago, a guy said that um, January of 2019, they tightened the noose with uh, algorithms on Google. And they've made it really difficult for certain kinds of information to be disseminated on the internet through Google. Because they want a particular kind of outcome. Y'all are mighty quiet. I'm just wanting you to think. Facebook is that way now. And you've had the experience I've had. Somebody put something on there. And, and, and the, the blurb comes up. It's, it's blotted out. It says fact check. And then you got the little thing at the bottom of the little eye with the little thing through it. And says, you, you know, if you want to see this, you've got to click here. Or, or it's a YouTube thing. Well, this can't be shown. You've got to go to YouTube. You had that happen? That's called, y'all, that's a, bias, a built-in bias. That's their algorithms working. And, and that's their artificial intelligence determining what they want you to see or don't want you to see. Right? Because what do they want to do? Alter your belief system. Truth. YouTube is getting worse at it now. Let me just tell you about me. I mean, y'all, I am, I am censored. <laughs> my blog, my videos, they don't go far. You got to look for them. You got to be a friend of mine, a real friend of mine that likes me a lot. Oh, you're not going to hear from me because they won't let you. I'm not joking. That's a problem. Somebody needs to come up with something that's not so censored. Nonetheless, that's what's happening right now. The algorithms are determining what people hear because they want a certain mindset for the masses. Uh, YouTube, Twitter is the same way. There's a new, uh, if you, a lot of people, young people now, don't, y'all don't do Twitter, right? Y'all do do Twitter? You do Twitter? Well, come on now. Uh, Twitter, I've heard, was basically more for news organizations and such now. But some people still use it to bat bite ideas back and forth. There's another one that's taken uh, Twitter's place. It's called Parler, P-A-R-L-E-R. Uh, the first week they had that up, 500,000 people signed up. I had even looked recently, but I signed up, and it's pretty good, you know. Uh, it, it's, and, and, you know, it doesn't have the biases that Twitter has. And I'll talk about this a little more in, uh, in a minute. Now, understand this. Let's talk about news that you hear. Uh, there are progressive news agencies. And progressive is, um, how can I easily define the term progressive? You could say a progressive person uh, has a leftist ideology. What do I mean by that? An ultra-liberal uh, mindset that accepts um, new, innovative ways of thinking, believing, and living as a good pattern for everybody. Is that a decent way to put it? I'm trying to really dumb this down. Very tactful, yeah? Progressive. So there are progressive or far-left ideologies that run news organizations. Now, you need to know that. Uh, so let me name some names. Here are some progressive or far-left news organizations. ABC, NBC, CBS, 
MSNBC, CNN, and if I left out, if I left out your favorite one included in that. And you know what you will find if you do the research? They all use the same words to describe certain things. If you flip the channels, you know what that tells me? Somebody above them is telling them what they disseminate. It's not their own thinking. They're only parrots. And they're parroting what somebody wants them to say. Now, you know what I do know? There are people that are naive enough. Well, I look at 6 o'clock evening news. If I look at 6 o'clock evening news, then I'm going to be all right. Because I know that man's going to tell me the truth. Or that woman's going to tell me the truth. Well, you just got deceived. If that's what you do. A lot of people still do that, y'all. Now, what I do know, young people don't even look at the news. <laughs> they look at the internet. I get it. So a left lean, a left leaning, another left leaning news organization is Fox News. Now, some people think Fox News is a conservative news uh, channel, but it got sold a few years ago uh, to a man's kids, and they were uh, far leftist ideologues and progressives in thinking. So they're slowly moving what some people think would be a, a, a conservative new cha news channel like Fox News. They're moving it to the left. And what you need to know is the people that you think have such wonderful faces and they have wonderful hairdos and they have beautiful clothes, you just got to understand they're working for a news organization. And they have this little earpiece in their ear telling them the questions they need to ask. Or if they happen to insert their personal opinion into something a little too far, you need to backtrack on that and ask this question this way, not that way. And so they're saying, they're just reading a screen in front of them. How many get it? And then in their ear they're hearing, okay, you changed what you just said. You have the interview. Now do this and do that, but don't do that again. Don't do that again. We go to break and you've got to talk to me. How many understand? Most people don't know that happens, but it happens in real time every day. Why? Something is controlling what you hear. So here's the, say, well, well Pastor, what do you do? Um, you know, here's what I do. I'll just tell you, how, so how do you counteract that? I, I listen to a bunch. Now, I don't spend a lot of time doing this because I don't like the news. In fact, on vacation, I ain't even listening to the news. Uh, I've got, I get most of all my stuff, I get it from the internet because I control when I do it and how much I do it. I control it. And I've got news aggregates that I look at, and I'm not going to tell you what they are right now. If you want them, you have to come talk to me, and I'll tell you what I do. But, but let me tell, I'll tell you this. I listen to, to progressive and leftist news because I want to hear what they're saying. Because that's what most people are believing. How many hear me? Mm -hmm. And I listen to, some people call it right-wing news. I listen to all of it. And then here's what I do. I listen to this person on the left, these people on the right. I listen to all of them. And then I say, okay, Lord, where's your word in all this? What's the truth? And then while I'm listening, you have an unction from the Holy One. First John 2 says, and you know or understand all things. And if you get in touch with that unction, it'll teach you how to function. So I stay in touch with the function by praying in tongues every day, reading my Bible and meditating every day. Then I'm listening to somebody going, Mr. or Miss Parrot. And inside me, I know that ain't right. Now, that's my self-talk. That ain't right because I'm from South Carolina. That ain't right. Or you're right, Bubba. That's right. 
You can hear it inside. Or you get a check or a scratch or, hmm, I'm not so sure about that. Or they're interviewing somebody. <laughs> Hmm. Or they're interviewing and you go, boy, that person pegged it there. You just know inside, right? You can't discount that. Don't. You'll get in trouble if you do. How many get it? Am I going slow enough? Is this okay to say? So there's some right. Uh, in fact, if you have cable TV, Newsmax is a, a right center, right of the center news organization. And um, anyway, that's, I think, and there's another one, One America News, O-A-N. Is it, I don't know if it's on cable or not. Uh, CBN, that's uh, Christian Broadcasting Network um, uh, out of uh, Virginia. That's, of course, you know, Pat Robertson. That's, of course, Christian organization. And uh, there are others like that. Uh, Browsers are heavily censored. You need to be aware of that. So if you've got a Google browser, let me just tell you, I don't use Google browser. I refuse. Because I don't like somebody telling me only what they want me to hear. So I've got alternatives. What are they? They're in your notes. Uh, a new, uh, this has been around for a number of years, DuckDuckGo. It's a weird name. I don't know why they named it. I haven't looked at the etymology. But DuckDuckGo, that's a good brow. It doesn't follow you around. It doesn't track you. And it doesn't censor you the way Google does. Uh, Sean turned me on to one when he traveled to Europe called Swiss, it's weird, SwissCows.com. <laughs> I'm not making that up. S-W-I-S-S-C-O-W-S.com. And that's a, a good, that's a good browser that doesn't, doesn't tend to censor as much as, as Google would. It uses a, a, bring, a Bing browser, actually, SwissCows.com. And you have to type that into your, into your, um, URL, uh, just, you know, HTTP, whatever, uh, uh, SwissCows.com, and you'll get that. But I don't think they have, um, they don't have apps, do they? They do have apps? I haven't seen it in my app store. Has it recently come out? I, have, uh, uh, I haven't seen anyone. I have to go there. There's another one I just came up with. I found this a couple of days ago called Brave, B-R-A-V-E. And that's another browser that doesn't follow you around, nor does it does it censor the way so, the way that Google is the most widely used browser in the world right now, and uh, the the parent company is named Alphabet, and yeah, but the browser is Google nonetheless. So um, uh, if you want to, and so I look at you know left, right, center. All kinds of news every day. There's news aggregates, and aggregate simply means it takes all kinds of sources. I've got Christian news aggregates because I want, you know, news on a biblical basis from all over the world. I've got, I've got left-wing aggregates, right-wing aggregates. And I just, you know, what do I do? Well, I just click, and you know, all you got to do is just, you know, I don't know how to speed read, so I just kind of look and kind of see the gist of what they're saying. And okay, I got that. And then, then I go to another one, click. And so I got that. Because anything that happens worldwide, everybody's going to say something about it. And if you do that, you get all kinds of opinions. And then again, with the opinions, Lord, what are you saying about that? And then sometimes I'll do that and I spend, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes doing that. And then I just leave and, 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 and God will tag me. Go back and look at that. Oh, okay, what is that? I just go back and look at that. And, and that's how I kind of... Tr- that's try, how I kind of want to stay in the center. How many get it? If you don't do that, you'll get in trouble perhaps. Number six, last thing I'll talk about, subversive organizations. 
We leave the doors of this building. There's some tremendously subversive organizations today. What a, now, God gave me the word subversive a few days ago. And, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm drinking my water, my filtered water, and I'm eating my lunch, or I'm eating my breakfast, driving my truck, and, and I hear subversive. I say, what? Subversive. Sub, subversive, yeah. Um, subversion, subverse. All those words. So I'll, here they are in the notes. Subvert. To subvert, to overturn or overthrow from a foundation. To pervert or corrupt by undermining of morals, allegiance, or faith. To subvert, to overthrow something that is established or existing. Subvert, to cause the downfall, ruin, or destruction of something. Uh, to subvert, to undermine the principles of corrupt. Synonyms, if you want to really know the what a word means, look up the synonyms. Here, here's the synonyms for to subvert, capsize, contaminate, corrupt, debase, defeat, demolish, deprave, depress, extinguish, invalidate, invert, level, overthrow, overturn, pervert, poison, pull down, raise, flatten level, reverse, ruin, sabotage, supersede, supplant, suppress, topple, tumble, undermine, upset, vitiate, wreck. It's interesting, isn't it? Subversive organizations. Subversion, a systematic attempt to overthrow or undermine a government or political system by persons working secretly from within. Did you know that's happening today? All over the world. The devil does it all the time in your life. He tries to do it in your life by putting people in your life that will try to get you to compromise your values. Is that true or not? Woo! Uh, synonyms, revolution, undermining, disruption, overthrow, sabotage, defeat, destruction, overthrow. Or lastly, the word subversive. What is a subversive? Tending to subvert or advocate subversion, especially in an attempt to overthrow or cause the destruction of an established or legally constituted government. Synonyms, incendiary, inflammatory, and insurgent, insurrectionary, overthrowing, perversive, riotous, ruinous, seditious, treasonous, underground, undermining. You get the idea, right? So I said all that to say, here's some organizations that are subversive. They're seeking to subvert what has been normal and common in America. And I mentioned this Sunday morning. Now I've got to come back to this. Because I'm just sure some people misunderstood me. George Floyd died. And I'm, you know, I don't like what that police officer did to him. I personally think that was wrong. That upset a lot of people. And yes, there are some things that need to change with law enforcement. And perhaps with their training. But there are always some people on the edge, on the periphery who are extremists who will do things the wrong way and muddy the water for everyone. And that's what happened with the police officer that killed George Floyd. And there are some things that need to be righted in black and white issues with race relations in America. But y'all, uh, we have come a long way with race relations in America. Yes or no? Are we perfect? Completely not. Have we come a long way? For eight years we had a black president. And white people voted for him. Yes or no? 
in every level of government, there are blacks and whites. Yes or no? In every judicial seat of the land, there are blacks and whites. Yes or no? In Congress, Senate, both federal and state, there are blacks and whites in all of those positions. Yes or no? There are black and white mayors. Yes or no? So don't come at me and tell me that we're just God Almighty awful. We're not perfect, but we got the best thing going worldwide so far. Does it need to be altered and changed? Yes. Are there flaws? Yes. Do they need to be altered? Yes. But should you crash the whole system because of a small percentage that don't do it right? No. So what if you're trying to crash the whole system? How many are listening? So what if you're trying to crash the whole system because of what happened a few weeks ago? What is that? Those are called subversionary tactics. How many get me? I've never done this in my life. And honestly, I love you, but if you don't like what I'm saying, I'm okay with it. I won't ch- if you want to challenge me, I'm good. But y'all need to hear me. Somebody needs to say this. Spiritual leaders need to talk about this. Pastors, what are you doing? How about join me and let's talk about this stuff. I'm not perfect at this, but I'm willing to talk about it because it needs to be talked about because we're losing our country. Do you like your freedom? Do you like to think without somebody telling you what you have to think? Come on, huh? You're watching. You like to think freely? You like to go to church and worship the way you want to? Do you? Do you like to have an opinion that differs from someone else and it's okay to have a differing opinion? Do you like that? Let me ask you a question. (laughs) Is that more valuable to you than food? If that's not more valuable than the food you eat, we got a problem. Because you can't find that everywhere. People are beating the borders down in our country to get here. Why? You can be free. If you work hard, you can make money. You can build a business. You can be free. You can live in something that other than a, a 200 square foot flat. You can have a house with a yard, with a tree, and some shrubs, some flowers. Do you know how most of the world lives? Have you traveled? Do you know most of the world lives in a little tiny flat in a high-rise building that's skanky and nasty and sweaty? You got flies running around, a lot of places. Some of them are nice. I've been there. I've walked into these places. I've seen them as I've traveled. And if you've traveled any, you've seen them too. Yes or no? Don't we have it nice in America? Do we have poor? Yes, we do. But did you know the poorest person here is wealthy by other country standards? Did you know that? A lot of people haven't lived and haven't broadly expanded 
and understood how the world is. We got something going on here, but there are people that have subversionary tactics seeking to take that away. That's the reason Sunday morning. I mentioned that Black Lives Matter organization is a Marxist organization, a communist organization, a socialist organization that is funded by people like this billionaire named George Soros and others. I've got the list of names. It's about 115 entities, companies, and people that, that fund them. There may be more, but I read and read how much they give them. Black Lives Matter. Well, pastor, don't you think you ought to have good race relations? Yes, I do. We got a bunch of people in our church that aren't related by blood, and we love each other just the same. Yes or no? Man, I love, I love red, yellow, black, white, everybody. But Black Lives Matter organization, it will be the ruin of this nation if it continues what it's doing. And if people buy into it. And what Americans, can I keep talking a little bit? Americans aren't listening and aren't researching and aren't finding out facts. And they're being intimidated because they can be. How many hear me? So Black Lives Matter, I've got the URLs in the notes that I've given you. Uh, so let me go to this real quickly. Everybody okay? Uh, you sure? Uh, Black Lives Matter, listen, to, I'm just going to read this because I'm looking at the clock now. Uh, Black Lives Matter, the movement is a highly organized Marxist slash leftist organization and has formed a united front with other far-left extremist groups which call uh, for communist revolution, seeking to uproot the American constitutional form of government and install a Marxist dictatorship over the people. The group has very little concern for the lives and well-being of African Americans, burning down their communities and shopping districts. The group's main objective is Marxist revolution. Its demands as of mid-2020 are the abolition of police departments across the United States and the release of all criminals from prison, as well as a host of other far-left agenda projects. Have you heard any of this on the news? Oh, yes, you have. Wait, wait, let me, let me go over this again. Wait, 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 wait. You mean to tell me you haven't heard that they're wanting to defund the police? Where do you think that's coming from? Have you heard that? Yes? Have you noticed that police departments won't defend the rights of property owners in large major cities in America? Where do you think the ideology comes from that's telling police, back up, back up? Don't defend the property. Let it happen. Let it happen. These are not just people that are uh, demonstrating because of what happened to George Floyd. These are insurrectionists that have entered into the fray. And Black Lives Matter organization is a large part of that. Let me tell you a story. Let me finish reading this first. I'll tell you a story. Um, while most innocent protesters have unwittingly marched under the banner uh, their banner as, as an anti-American subversive organization. The truth is the organization has been infiltrated by the violent Antifa terror organization. Antifa has acted as provocateurs at BLM demonstrations, turning them into riots. The group's leadership 
is working in close consultation with Antifa and other Marxist groups dedicated to the violent overthrow of the United States system of government. Did you know that? If you don't know that, read. It's all available. All you have to do is read. And so let me tell you a story. So... Um, I went to the beach, Susan and I, we spent a few days, and you know, we've always rented a house for our family, we got now lots of babies, and we're being outgrown and outrun and all that, but this year, because of Corona, it's just me and Susan, we rented a condo, one of our daughters came with us, and, and so we're there, saying, well, y'all need, you know, we usually go get a golf cart, rent a golf cart. And then, you know, go six-tenths of a mile to the beach because you don't want to walk six-tenths of a mile in the heat. Uh, they don't want to, I will, but anyway. So I went to the, went to the <laughs> golf cart place. Susan gets on me when I get home. It's okay. Went to the golf cart place, you know. And this, this is an old business. You know, where we went, the beach is just one main drive, kind of quaint. We really like it. It's got pizza shops and ice cream shops and, you know, they sell seafood and Trinkets and all kinds of, this is a nice little place, you know. So anyway, you got the uh, golf cart shop, been there a long time. You know, it's a weathered looking business, but they've been there a long time. You got really nice cart, golf carts, really nice pe- people, an elderly lady. She's probably a family run business. I walk in there, need a golf cart, talk to them on the phone. I'm here to get the golf cart, filling out my information. So I'm jovial, like to talk, you can tell. So how you doing? How's it going? How's, how's, how's the season? Well, it's, it's a little bit slow. So, how, and so let me ask you a question. How'd y'all do, um, how did y'all do a few weeks ago, you know, when all this stuff happened world, uh, nationwide, you know, with uh, George Floyd and then, you know, the riots and stuff where the buildings are burning and all that and the downtown areas of large metro. Did y'all have any problems? And boy, I didn't say another word. And she said, well, let me tell you what happened. She said, yeah, they came here. There are about 25 people. And here's what she said. Out of the 25, eight were black. And the rest were white. And she said, they were going to come here and tear up our main street. But she said, we got redneck people here. That's what she said. (laughs) She said, we boarded up our buildings. And she said, we got our guns. And she said, we stood right in front of our businesses. And if it got really hot, we we had a path we could run into. But none of us run. And they tried, and they didn't do a thing. They tried over a weekend, nothing happened. And here's the next thing, the whole reason I told you that. She said, well, then, everybody okay? She said, then, um, you know, they came after their figure that couldn't do anything. They came up, had my business open again, you know. And a bunch of them came and said, we want to rent some golf carts. We got a, you know, a room rented at a house or a place, you know. Say, we need to get to the beach. So, yeah, I'll rent you a golf cart. So she's filling out the paperwork for, you know, a bunch of them. And, and she said, well, I need your form of uh, payment and such. So, uh, so they gave her prepaid cards. Guess whose name was on the prepaid? I didn't, I, I didn't ask for any of this information. Guess whose name was on the prepaid card they had that they paid for their golf cart? George Soros. Now, I didn't make that up. That's true. That's a true story. Who is George Soros? A Marxist, communist, socialist billionaire. You can look him up. I've got you a a URL. You can look his name up. 
who spends his billions of dollars working to subvert governments all over the world. And he's worked in every city, all these major cities in America, just the way he worked in our little podunk city we went to for the beach. Uh, One of my really good spiritual friends, who's a pastor, sent me a video some weeks ago that shocked me. And on the video, this video was from California. Everybody listening? This video is from California. And this young man was obviously being videoed. I'm not sure that he knew he was, but he was a fairly upfront little young man. He's probably late 20s, early 30s. And the guy interviewing him said, uh, just asking him questions and stuff. Said, and, and he said, well, yeah. He said, uh, he said yeah, I've been involved in, in overseeing some of the skirmishes here in California. He said, you have? Well, what are you doing? He said, well, you might not realize it, but I can make a lot of money doing this. He, fa- he said, in fact, I'm in charge of. You can see this on the video. They've taken it down now. Uh, you can, but he said, uh, in the video, he said, uh, yeah, I found out I can make a lot of money doing this. So I've been hired by an organization to oversee the uh, rioting and the tumult in the major cities in all of California. And the guy said, so you're being paid to do that? He said, I've been paid to do that. He said, well, well are you getting rich? He said, I'm getting rich doing that. And he said, I could be on the slopes skiing. But man, look at this. Man, I'm setting these things up in all these cities, and they're paying me to do it. And the guy said, well, how can I get involved? He said, just go to georgesaurus.com. So what you see and what you hear on the news There's something else going on. It's called subversion. And there are people that don't like our lifestyle and don't like the ethics of the way of life America has been for all these years and want to change it. So I want to ask you a question. What are you going to do about it? Are you going to sit there and let it happen? Am I going to sit there and let it happen? We're the silent majority, y'all. And here's what I think is going to happen. At some point, people are going to get fed up and say, "Ah, enough's enough. How many hear me? So that's uh, Black Lives Matter organization. Was I clear enough? Was I fair or unfair? Huh? Antifa. Let me read this real quickly. Uh, Black Lives Matter organization has been infiltrated by another organization called Antifa. I'll be done pretty quickly here. Antifa. And this is from a handout. And you also have the URL on the notes. Antifa is short for anti-fascist action. Sometimes known as ARA, short for anti-racist action, is an international terrorist movement of anarchist and Marxist-Leninist dedicated to the overthrow of existing order and responsible for violence, mayhem, and church burnings in the United States and throughout the world. It goes on to say, while posing as anti-fascist movement, the group's in fact, the group in fact is an intolerant hate group. 
that uses fascist tactics and direct quotations from Adolf Hitler. The group relies on cultural Marxist ideals and rhetoric for recruiting young people. It's been working, it's been designed as a terrorist group, been designated as a terrorist group in the United States. Antifa often works closely with the Democratic Socialists of America. They dress all dress in black, wear black, masks to hide their identities and attempt to disrupt rallies. They frequently behave immaturely and engage in disrupt and disrupt rallies. They frequently behave immaturely. I just said that. Uh, and engage in a variety of childish, cowardly, and criminal actions, such as using pepper spray and bike locks on unsuspecting people, throwing rocks, bricks, bottles, cement-filled soda cans, balloons, filled with their own waste, punches, uh, assorted drinks, M80s, marching. M80s are huge uh, fireworks. Um, Marching with flags and clubs, committing vandalism, acting purely on emotion because they do not have the maturity, the intelligence, or the courage to debate, argue, or communicate their beliefs. They are militant far-left extremists that are product of the far-left ideology, education, and funding. Despite claims to the contrary by the liberal media who claims that it's a racially and socially diverse group of anti-racist, Antifa is in fact racist and made up of almost entirely a privileged class. The Antifa does not support the First Amendment and the freedom of speech as seen in their illegal shutting down of scheduled speakers on college campuses. Its members have chanted support for destruction of the United States along with all national borders. Do you get it? Is that interesting? Have you ever heard that? It's available. We need to research, y'all. Because things are happening that are seeking to undo your freedoms, your way of life, and eventually it's coming after your Christian ideals. Everybody get it? Let me, I'm going to go through this quickly. Marxism. Most people don't have a clue as to what Marxism is. Karl Marx is the founder of Marxism. So here we are. Um, I'm going to just read this article. While Occupy Wall Street riots had failed to bring about, and, and that was Antifa that did that, violent Marxist overthrow of the existing social order and governmental systems, the same organizers and groups attempted again this time in a nationwide coordinated effort during the 2020 leftist insurrection. He's talking about what happened with the demonstrations in the streets that turned into rioting, looting, and vandalism, and it happened in Raleigh as well. Yes or no? Sure it did. Black Lives Matter followed the model of the 1960s Black, Black Panthers, the organization I'm speaking of, Black Lives Matter, was anointed as the spearhead of revolution with Antifa, playing the support role of the weather underground to bring about a national liberation movement for capitalist oppression. Black Lives Matter co-founder Patrice Cullors assured the Real News Network when questioned about the ideological direction of the movement in a 2015 interview. Myself and Alicia Garza in particular are trained organizers. We are trained Marxists. I'm still talking about, um, I had Marxism here, but I'm still talking about Black Lives Matter here. Um, the goal is to push the communist agenda while comfortably hiding behind black Americans who are suffering in need from actual help. Black Lives Matter organization incorporates nearly all, all forms of modern mor marginalization. And it goes into great detail with that. And that has to do, and all that came, comes from a Marxist ideology. 
And I thought I had this down here, but I don't. Let me talk about communism. Communism is a left-wing, anti-democratic, and violent ideology dedicated to supposedly overthrow capitalism, replacing it with an unelected dictatorship by technocrats and an atheist elite. Under communism, the political system replaces private ownership of the means of production with a supposed collective ownership of the economy. Everybody's got a little bit of it. Uh, but really maintains for the benefit and profit of the corporate elite. Communists distinctly despise anyone who holds a moral code that worships or teaches loyalty to anything other than the state government and government. Religious believers particularly are singled out for persecution and re-education. Communism. How many know communism has been around now for a long time? Karl Marx was a communist. Karl Marx was a socialist. He wrote a, a thing called the Communist Manifesto. And the whole idea is uh, nobody should own property, but government, the governments own all of the property. Everybody works for the government. Everybody gets the same amount of money. Everybody lives in the same kind of house. Nobody has more than anybody else. Nobody's any better than anybody else. And to young people today, that sounds good and fair. But what it does is dumbs down the system where nobody has everything. Everybody's impoverished. And then you can't think your own thoughts. Somebody tells you what to to do, where to live, what to eat, what to wear, and you all you are is a puppet on a string. How many want to live that way? So I'm going to stop right there. Oh, one more thing I want to mention. Let me talk uh, lastly about the tearing down of statues in our cities. You say, well, these just people are peacefully demonstrating. Would you please give me a break? That is not a peaceful demonstration, my friend. And that is not what our Constitution calls a peaceful demonstration. How many hear what I just said? Pastor, why aren't you preaching the word? I am. I'm trying to get you to wake up to the fact that we are being deluded, deceived, and subverted. And nobody's doing a squeaking thing about it. What are you going to do? I'm going to read my Bible. You better go do something else and pray. Two. How many hear me? Anyway. This is, and I got this from uh, my good friend Isaiah Short. Isaiah's got a major in, is it history and political science? Major at NC State. Yay. So he likes history and stuff. So he got an article called The Four Olds, O-L-D-S. And he's talking about how communists come in and take a culture that's old and reinvent it to something else. And that's exactly what's happening in America right now. People are seeking to reinvent the United States, take us off of the foundations that made this culture one of the greatest that has ever been, taking us away from our, our Jewish Christian heritage, taking us away from the Ten Commandments, which are a code of conduct for a fallen race, taking us away from the biblical norms that many of us live by and seeking to reinvent us. And they do that by destroying our history and our belief system. So listen to this real quickly. I'm about to, one of the early objectives of the cultural revolution in China. So the communists went into China and they reinvented China. Here's what it says. Which began in 1966 and goes on today. 
It was the, they had a cultural revolution to wipe out the four olds, old things, old ideas, old customs, old habits. Everybody listening? The four olds had already suffered a setback in the years of the communist rule preceding the cultural revolution of the 60s. But the Maoist leadership tried to use the new revolutionary upsurge launched in 1966 to uh, eliminate them completely. In the turbulent years from 1966 to 1968, what remained of old religious practices, old superstitions, old festivals, old social practices such as traditional wedding and funerals, old ways of dress, this is talking about in China, were violently attacked and suppressed. Visual evidences of old things were destroyed. That means statues. That means buildings. That means uh, public things that had meaning behind them. Get it? And there was an orgy of burning of old books and smashing of old art Objects, young red guards, communists, invaded homes, shattered family altars that denoted continual, uh, continued Confucian reverence for generations of forebears. This is in China. The few temples, mosques, churches still used for religious purposes were closed, put to secular use. Even those that had been left open for sightseeing purposes, such as the great Buddhist Lama Taoist temples of Peking, were barred and statue, their statues altered and other furnishings removed. So, you know, what you need to know, what that saying was China. You know, they had false religions, heathen religions. But that, that culture had a history of these religions, y'all, for Thousands of years. You get it? And it was all wiped away in a brief period of time. Okay? Extrapolate that to the United States. We have a history here. 246 years of freedom. We've got certain belief systems we've had. And there are people that have given their lives. And there are people that have done things that have made this nation great. Were they perfect? No. Is history perfect? No. Do we have statues of people because they're, because they're perfect? No. Why do we have statues? Why do we have artifacts? Why do we celebrate certain things? Why do we do that? Uh, to remind us of where we're from. To remind us of the ideals that made us who we are. Who, uh, the ideals that made us free. And those things, my friends, are being removed on our watch. And my question to me and my question to everybody watching and to you is, what are we going to do about it? And my encouragement is, number one, read your Bible. Number two, pray. Number three, investigate and find out what's going on and who's doing it. Number four, lift your voice and say, I don't agree with that. And be willing for somebody to take their mask off and look down their nose at you and say, I don't like that. And I say, I don't care. That's what I believe. That's wrong. And they shouldn't be doing that. How many hear me? If you're not willing to be ridiculed, then you know what? We're going to lose our nation. How many hear me? I don't want you to clap. I want you to think. How many hear me? You know, I, you know I'm just going to be real with you about the COVID-19 thing. Y'all, I am so, bro I'm problemed by this. You know what I know inside? 
I'm just going to blurt it out, and you can think what you think about me. I think we're being snowed. I think the numbers are not correct. I think this pandemic is not a pandemic. I think it's a real serious case of the flu. I think it hasn't nearly killed what pandemics have killed. I think some people are so afraid of it, they won't leave their homes and take their masks off. That's what I think. And I think it's become a propagandist tool to subvert. And everybody's buying it. Christians, atheists, you name the religion. Everybody's buying it in America. What are we going to do about it? As long as we say, whatever you say, this is not going to stop. That's my heart. I feel something's going on here, y'all. I'm a pastor. You know, I thought about doing this tonight, and I knew I could get some real flack for this. But I love y'all so much that I will never lie. And there is something deep inside of me that I can't do a lie. And I can't do something that defies my insides. When I tell Susan I love her, it's because I do. When I tell you I got your back, it's because I do. If I tell you I'm angry, I am. If I told my kids you're in trouble, they were. And I'm just the kind of person, I'm not going to sit back and let somebody tell me something that I know is not true without speaking up. I can't do it. So whatever that cost me, I would rather have a free mind and a free will than to be dominated by something I shouldn't be dominated by. How many hear what I just said? I refuse to be dominated by fear. I'm going to get real now. I got half our congregation ruled by fear. You're not here. Why? I just can't let fear rule me, y'all. I love you. Our nation's in trouble. What's life going to be like if we continue this vein in a year, two years, three years? What's life going to be like for my grandkids? If we do nothing, time will tell. Ending this by saying, putting this all in perspective, Jesus is coming back. Can I get real again? This next presidential election will determine what happens to America. Don't you talk about Donald Trump. Be quiet a minute. 
He is the most controversial president, political figure in my lifetime. And yours too. I have never seen the tactics that I've seen to put this man out of office. I've never seen that personally, and you hadn't either. And I have to ask myself what's going on. Who's wrong and who's right? You got to judge that. How do you do that? Pray, read, seek, knock until it's opened. If you don't take your spiritual convictions into the voting booth on November 3rd and say, God, I don't care what mama did, daddy did, grandma did, granddaddy did, great-grandmama did, great-granddaddy did. I don't care what my friends think. What are you saying to me about who I need to vote for? I'm listening. I need to hear. And if you don't, first of all, research every single candidate, find out what their belief system is, and you need to ask yourself, does it line up with the values of the Bible? How many hear me? Now, I know Donald Trump has a potty mouth. And he does things I flat out don't like. But you know what? Some of you do too. And so do I. So I have to be willing to set all that to the side when I'm voting for judges, for congressmen, for senators, for representatives, for president, for governor, for mayor. What does that person stand for? It's crazy to me that people aren't doing that. It's crazy to me that Christians don't do that. They leave their some Christians leave their Christianity at the door before they leave the building. And if we do that now, we'll not only lose our nation, we'll lose our freedoms, y'all. And then we're going to stand before Jesus. And he's going to ask one question. What did you do with what I gave you? So, Father, I just pray for me and all of us. And, God, I just ache for this country we live in. And, uh, and I ache for the future of our children and our grandchildren. And I ache for the freedoms that people have given their lifeblood for. And what are we doing with it today? we got to stand up. In the name of Jesus, I stand against the demonic forces that lie and connive and convert, that subvert and twist and lie and cheat and steal. I bind you in the name of Jesus. Lord, let the angelic hosts of heaven, let them come forth. And Lord, let them do what they do to raise us up and help us the way they helped Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane and, and, and during his time uh, when he was fasting 40 days and nights in the wilderness, sir. Let them help us. Let the Spirit of God rise up in us. Give us a boldness and a tenacity to be men and women of God. 
men and women of faith, men and women of courage. And help us to care more about what you say than others say about our life. In Jesus' name. Lord, bring healing. Bring healing to us and our nation. And the Lord, I pray for all of our elected leaders and officials, Donald Trump, everybody else. Lord, let the grace of God infiltrate. And I've been praying this for many years. Bring to light the hidden things of darkness and make manifest the counsels of the heart in Jesus' name. And I pray for every person as I close in the building and watching online, if they're still there, that you would not leave us alone, not one day, ever, from the now until the time we go to heaven. And deal with us about praying for this country and standing up for what is right and letting our voice be heard. In Jesus' name.